Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers, and on today's episode, we are joined with co-host Travis Owen and our guest, Mike Ponder from Indian Creek Shooting Systems. Today's episode, we talk with Mike about how him and Stuart founded Indian Creek Shooting Systems. We talk about the importance of patterning your shotgun, and we dive into the details of what that entails exactly. And then we talk about his upcoming annual turkey tour and his waterfowl chokes. Overall, had a great time visiting with Mike. He is a fantastic human being, and we'd love to come back down and talk to him again because he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to patterning his guns and turkeys in general. So very excited to have spent some time down there looking at the shop, seeing how these chokes are made. But enough rambling for me. Let's jump right into the podcast. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, Mike? Nice yes. to meet you. Nice to meet glad you. Guys. To, glad to have seen the, the shop. It looks like you guys run a pretty smooth operation. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I imagine that it wasn't always as smooth, so I'd love to hear the, the story of the come up. How did you guys get started? So we got started right after basically 9 11, when that whole deal went on in the country and our machine shop that we run. We just got very slow because, you know, the country was just kind of at a standstill. And me and Stuart own the company, but, um, you know, we were just so big into turkey hunting all the time. And at that time, we met a guy that owned a patent on the uh, porting system that we use. So... He, he actually wasn't producing choke tubes at that time. And he told us, you know, basically if we wanted to do something with it, that we'd work out an agreement. And so we literally just started making chokes on some of the machines you guys seen out in our shop. And we would try them and literally go out back here and shoot and say that isn't going to work you know we got to do something different and we just kept trial and error and you know finally come up with something that we knew was better than anything else out there and we were excited just for ourselves because at that time we weren't really considering marketing it you know it was just we're glad you did (laughs) (laughs) you know just help ourselves out and I mean we like I said we'd just been turkey hunting for years and we knew we could make a better mousetrap with that heck yeah and so it progressed from there to that you know I said we knew we had something because we were trying different chokes against ours of course and then we actually uh, went to the shot show the next year and we, we basically just had choke tubes in our pockets that we had made. <laughs> well, you know, we, we a bunch of rednecks out there in Las Vegas didn't know what we were doing or didn't think we did and literally had quite a few companies very interested in our product by the time we left out there. So that's how it all kind of got started in a nutshell. Heck and, yeah. Um, we private labeled 
for a while for different companies. And then in 2006, um, well, actually started in 2005, but uh, by 2006, we said, well, we can just do this on our own. And we came up with the Indian Creek Shooting Systems uh, logo and brand and everything, which, uh, you know, was slow taking off, but we, you know, we knew we couldn't produce a whole bunch of them, so we didn't want to grow so fast that we couldn't produce enough for the market and just didn't have the resources and money to pour, you know, some of these companies pour millions of dollars in advertisement. We just couldn't do that. So, right. you know, just grassroots type, starting word of mouth, getting, you know, chokes in people's hands that were in the industry and just they prove themselves i mean you guys shoot them you know <laughs> yeah no oh, yeah. no they they definitely do they do really well yeah so um mike where did uh where did you guys come up with the name indian creek actually it's just just south of here is the indian creek you guys crossed it whenever you came in and it's it's just a a local creek right down the road that's cool it's, it's really has not a whole lot of reference other than that you Kill know, a lot it, of birds on it yeah a few <laughs> i i don't have the property to hunt right on it you know sometimes but um we just like the fact that it's something local to right. around here but you wouldn't believe how many different shirts and hats we sell because it seems like there's an Indian Creek everywhere, a, everywhere, right? <laughs> and people oh, nice. sometimes buy them just because, you know, they they say, live oh, on Indian we, Creek. We, we live on Indian Creek, mm-hmm. but it's in Pennsylvania or somewhere because we do shows out there. Too. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's where the name came from. Okay. So, uh, did uh, how how did you guys? Um, you said you went to some shoots early on. Yes. And uh, I know you guys have some achievements that you guys have done throughout the year, some yeah, we did. pretty big ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first the first shoot we went to um, was, I think, well, it was probably right after we come out with the choke tube. And um, at that time, we were making them for Drury Outdoors. Okay. We, the Supermax choke tube that they used to have, that was ours. That's why the our choke tube, the Indian Creek, looks like that Supermax because we That's had the patent on it. And, right. But then, again, like I said, we, you know, things change and we come out with our own. But the first shoot we went to, again, we didn't really know what we were doing. and But you got to, you know, jump in there and try it. We and, still don't and, know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you do you got a lot of equipment (laughs) no but anyway we um the shoot that the nwtf puts on um they had it down in georgia i think at that time which since they moved it to their headquarters in edgefield but uh, then after we did the indian creek uh, we actually got shooters from oh man about four or five different states, um, just kind of word of mouth and people would call us and say, Hey, we would, you know, we'd be willing to shoot. And they were holding shoots in 
in like regionals in you know different states and stuff and if you qualified at them you would get a seat down in Edgefield at the you know championship shoot so um, yeah since 2006 we won I think 56 world championships I think we hold like four or five world records and um, it's called the still target shoot which actually they they quit and I don't know this year probably because of COVID I'm sure but, right uh, I don't know if they'll start it back up or not but um, you shot free-handed at 40 yards and you shot at a turkey head target that had a three inch round red circle and however many pellets was in that red circle that that was the competition you know they counted the pellets in that circle so um there was you, you had to be good with shooting too i mean the choke tubes of course helped right and overall that's what you know is going to do it but you know you would have wind involved or something and you'd have to adjust for that because believe it or not at 40 yards if you have a crosswind it, it will blow your pattern off hmm. and um that in with they wanted to replicate turkey hunting how you would sit free-handed and and shoot you know so it was replicated like you would be turkey hunting so that's awesome yeah we did very very well some years we would um win all six of, of, of the I'm sure the oh competition boy. was sweating. Indian Creek showed up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun too. I I actually won um, the 12 gauge Open World Championship in 2006, and um, I was up against. I mean, I I got to be honest. I I myself didn't shoot that much in competition, but I mean we all shoot a lot anyway right. so i wasn't a rookie either you know yeah so been turkey hunting your whole life, life yeah. yeah so well that just kind of perfectly translates to some of the questions i had for you uh -huh. specifically with shooting patterns uh i'm not the most seasoned guy when it comes to shooting and last year i bought my first 12 gauge and like my own first mm -hmm. I was using somebody else's for a long time sure. but uh bought bought my own 12 gauge and used the factory choke out of it went out had a turkey at 25 yards shot I thought I was money mm -hmm. you know I had set I was relaxed and thought it was a good shot but I think it had something to do with the the spread so my question is is that what are you looking for when you're looking at um, shooting, what would you call it? Uh, checking, you know, the spread oh, of your gun. Oh, yeah, checking your pattern. Checking the pattern. Patterning your gun. Yes. Um, how far out are you Are you normally shooting, and, and what do you want to see whenever you do uh, pattern I'm your gun? so glad you asked that question because that is one of the things that I absolutely believe everybody should do and I think a lot of people don't, um, but it's so important. I mean, I just can't, 
because anytime you switch chokes or even ammunition, it's gonna make that gun shoot in a different spot. It's really as tight as these patterns are now, you know, with our chokes and the guns are so good nowadays and the ammo so good that um, you have to see where your point of impact is. Um, I would start, you know, 25 yards is fine, but I like to always shoot my patterns at 40 yards. Um, and then if, you, if you're just trying to sight the gun in, you can maybe start a little closer. And a lot of people want to start with maybe just some cheap low brass shells and get it close. The problem with that is, again, anytime you switch anything with that setup, when you put a different shell in there, you know, especially going from just like a dove load or something to now you're going to a three or three and a half inch turkey load, it's totally different. It, so that point of impact can change. I, I've seen it change up to 10 to 12 inches different, just changing ammunition. And a lot of people wouldn't believe that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend patterning gun. Um, uh, I'll even go as far as saying putting some s sort of adjustable sight on it, whether it just be fiber optic ones that you can put on your vent rib, or I love red dots myself, uh, or a scope. Uh, it's, it's whatever you like, but I can tell you just shooting the bead that's on the gun, if you get a turkey at 40 or 50 yards, that bead is covering almost the entire bird. You're not pinpointing it right on its waddles like, well, that's what I aim at anyway. I think most people do um, right at the base of the neck. Mm -hmm. um, with a red dot or a scope, I mean, you can just pinpoint that so much better than a bead. Um, but again, some... People just don't like the red dot or a scope. And, you know, you can you can buy some more economical or cheaper products that work very well like that. But, right. Uh, if, if the gun, you know, shoots a little left, right, up, or down, mm -hmm. it's so much easier to sight it in with, yeah, no. with the red dot or scope. Yeah, my, my buddy Austin, he's a turkey slaying son of a gun, and he, <laughs> he shoots a red dot, and he puts a poke on them, and they do really well. Yeah. So I would agree. If you're going to do it right, you might as well go ahead and add a good choke and a nice sight to it too. Right. But um, there's two things I wanted to cover. I know, Travis, you had a question about you know ammunition. Oh, oh no, i got a million questions, so if you let me go, I'm going to ramble. Um, but uh, that's one of my questions is uh, what what ammunition do you think pairs best with the Indian Creek Choke in your professional opinion? So I'll start with, like, you know, like the lead shells that are out nowadays. There are several really good ones. I, I, I really think the Winchester Longbeard. Yeah, that's what I shoot, the Longbeard is, XRs is probably the best uh, lead shell or copper-coated lead or whatever you want to call it 
uh, that's out there right now, it, it does very well. And I mean, you can buy, you know, them for $20 a box of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, that's now, also why I like them. <laughs> yes. And they're, you know, you can buy them about anywhere. So, but that next step up would be your TSS or tungsten super shot, which a lot of different companies are making that now, you, you know, federal browning, you know, you got, um, apex nitro ammunition company, uh, heavy shots doing it too, you know, so you got a bunch of different ones. Um, out of all of them, I'm going to say I like the apex the best. Um, and to us, this TSS is really nothing new. We, we've been shooting it probably about eight years now, but for probably the first five or six, it was all people just hand loading them. Uh, it's the only way really, there was no body, no major company, you know, loading them in mass quantities. So it was just people hand loading them by hand. And, uh, you you got a good product that way because them guys really weigh out everything and and so do the bigger companies but you know they're mass producing them so right uh but yeah that the numbers with tss go up so much more and i'm talking pellet counts per ounce because you're usually shooting eights nines or i i mean in the 410 it's nine and a half or 10 sometimes so the shot is getting very small but it's carrying the same amount of energy down range as say four or five lead is but it's carrying it further down range because it's so heavy right and that's one thing i i uh also wanted to touch on is the 410 choke that you guys have mm-hmm. um because at some point and I'm not there yet because I still like my 12 gauge, but I do too. eventually I'm going to get a 410 uh-huh. and I would like to kill a turkey with a 410. Just something that I always thought would be another notch in the belt, you know? Yeah. And just a fun thing to try to do. And I feel like with the Indian Creek choke and some of that TSS ammunition where you are putting more pellets down range, sure. I feel like it'd be a deadly combo. It is. I mean, it's, we, it took us a few years to come out with the 410. I know other companies had them out before us. And for the simple reason, we tested and tested. And just, we weren't just going to put out a product to put it out. We wanted it to be right. And we just, it just seemed like we would get some very good, you know, results and then kind of go the other way. Well, talking to everybody else in the profession you know they said well these four tens are the most finicky shotgun you'll ever shoot and so we took that you know into consideration and we did find that out too it is (laughs) um, i don't know if just the smaller bore of it but we got it down now and we do make them in three different sizes in a 380 a 385 and a 390 and um, when I say that, that's the constriction at the end of, you know, the choke tube. Uh, overall, that 385 seems to be the one that is probably the most bought or that people are using the most. And the 
combination with that and like I said, I'm, I like the Apex ammunition right. in that. And uh, that 40 yards with the 410 is absolutely no problem whatsoever. Heck I mean, yeah. That, and that's we're, something. We're getting anywhere from 150 to maybe over 200 pellets in a 10-inch circle at 40 yards where I remember when I first started turkey hunting you know 25 30 years ago that if we did that with three inch 12 gauge gun we were happy right we were very happy with that you know and now <laughs> you know it just mm. comes so so far with the ammunition and the chokes and stuff um yeah i wanted to touch on that actually back to the patterning your gun mm -hmm. when you feel like you've pattern it adequately enough how many pellets are you seeing inside say this turkey head target that you're looking at how what would you think is a good number at uh, 40 yards so i we don't use the turkey head target as much as we do the 10 inch circle test and what what i mean by that is when i am just patterning my shotgun i'm not so much worried about where it's hitting i'm not sighting it in yet I'm just patterning. So I, I use a four foot square piece of paper, a cardboard. And um, a lot of times when we're patterning, we're doing multiple guns, multiple choke tubes, multiple ammunition. So we're, we might be doing 50, 60 shots a day. So we're doing this pretty fast, but we write all the information on that piece of paper what gun we're shooting, what choke tube, what ammunition. And at, at this point, we're, we're always at 40 yards. So we just aim for the center of it and shoot and then switch the paper out and go on. But then we go back and we just visually look and find the center of that pattern. Not the center of the paper, not where I was aiming, just the center of that pattern. And we draw us a 10-inch uh, diameter circle and count the pellets in that. So say you're using Winchester Longbeard and you're shooting number fives, three inch shell. At 40 yards in that 10 inch circle, if you get between about 140 to maybe up to 180, depending on gun or you know length of barrel and all that has a little bit to do with it but that would be a very good shot you know um, now go to like a shell I shoot which is the apex three and a half inch eights um, that's a lot of shell yeah and a, and <laughs> a lot, a of, lot BBs. of pellets yeah. yeah but I'll put 400 pellets in that 10 inch circle at 40 yards so there's the difference but it's a numbers game because there's not as many pellets in that winchester longbeard number five as there is in that three and a half inch eight right so uh you kind of got to know uh, and it's best if you want to if you want to know what to expect um just call us and and we've done so much testing that we know if you're using you know 
Brand X gun with our choke tube and this shell, I can tell you pretty well what you should expect out of that gun. So you may have actually answered another question of mine, the myth of changing chokes to fit your gun. More or less, it's finding the right ammunition to fit your choke. Would you say that that's somewhat yes, true? In a little bit, it's it's kind of like a rifle where I, I, you know, shoot a lot of rifles too. And you'll just find that brand X just shoots so much better. And it might be the cheapest, you know, ammo out there, but it just likes this gun. And I think these shotguns are kind of the same way because again, these patterns are so tight now that you, you're shooting, I, I don't want to say it's like a rifle, but it, in the same way, it kind of is. Right, know? yeah, some and guns it, just eat up. You know, I know a buddy that out of his two forty three, he was shooting um, some silver tip bullet from, I think it was either Hornady or mm-hmm. one of them. Anyways, but they quit making it, and he said that, that shell sh- shot the best out of his mm-hmm. rifle, and then they quit making it, and he found the next best mm-hmm. thing, but... right. Sometimes Besides, the gun just eats up a certain type of ammo. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, uh, just going to run you a scenario. I'm shooting three inch, seven and a half apex ammunition out of your. What, what choke did I get? Uh, he got a seven ten um, waterfowl choke because, and I may have misled him a little bit. I shoot a seven twenty waterfowl choke um, duck hunting and. I use it turkey hunting too, which <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> and both worlds. <laughs> the thing is, um, well, I mean, I had seen how hard it was on waterfowl, which granted I'm shooting um, bigger pellets mm-hmm. um, and it's steel shot. But, I mean, I absolutely demolished a teal, which, uh, I mean, I was wrecking every bird that I shot. That's the reason I told them I wanted the tightest choke, which they gave me a 720 instead of a 710 for waterfowl. But they recommended the Indian Creek chokes. Well, I was not sailing as many birds. And I, you know, if I hit them, I hit them and they're dead. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't hit them at all. (laughs) (laughs) And like this year, I snapped a goose's wing at like probably 60, 65 yards. And um, there was a teal last year. Um, We got into a real honey hole and two teal came up to shoot. It was getting later in the season. Mm But two green wing teal came up to shoot, and one was like, I don't know, maybe seven yards. It just hit the corn and started going up, and I shot it, and it it fell into a million pieces. <laughs> and whenever that happened, I was like, I think this gun's good enough to turkey hunt, so I haven't taken it out of my shotgun. <laughs> and I've been, last year I killed two birds with it, um, and a buddy of mine killed another turkey with it, and we've we just been using the Waterfowl 720, which is... I think probably the most open choke you guys that sell. Is, yeah, that's a, that's improved cylinder. So yeah. Yeah, that's very open. And it's absolutely wrecking and, these birds. You know, uh, with that, of course, when we're saying 710 and 720, we're talking about constriction. Again, the constriction of the choke, the measurement at the very end of the choke, where uh, we can kind of get into that a little bit with our, our normal turkey choke is a six-second, 665 in most 12 gauge guns of course 
in the Mossberg 835 or 935. It's a little more open because that's a bigger board uh, barrel on that shotgun. That's a 675. And uh, you said 10 gauge barrel on that, right? It's basically a 10 gauge bore on okay. that gun. Yeah, it's a 775 bore. Um, so most 12 gauges are around 725 to 730. Um, but <laughs> they they do have like all your Winchester and Browning guns now. They have an overboard barrel on them, mm-hmm. which is a 740. So there's a whole range of of different you know options out there, and that's sometimes what how um, you kind of got to know that because if you know the bore of the shotgun, then you know it's different on the choke tube so you know if you're shooting say just a 725 bore shotgun and you put a 665 in it but then you do the same thing to like a browning put a 665 in that that's actually constricting it more because that barrel is a 740 okay so you know i hate to get that technical on no it no that's good um and, you know, the question on the shells, too, I, I, I get that a lot, but I, I tell people, you know, get the shotgun that fits you, that you like, that feels good. Don't, don't necessarily just go with because your buddy bought, you know, brand X that I'm going to buy that because it may not fit you. I, I'm a smaller guy, and I got to say the, the Mossberg 835, that is a great shooting gun, and it's very – I don't want to say cheap. Uh, it's it's lower price, affordable, affordable, but it just does not fit me. It's it's a bigger, bulkier gun, and I it just doesn't fit me. You know, so um, matter of fact, that's why I shoot twenty gauge a lot at turkeys. Um, uh, they're lighter, and I can shoot just as far with the ammunition and the choke tubes. Now, I mean, sixty yards is not a problem with twenty gauge anymore. Right. Yeah, which is wild. (laughs) With the right choke and the right ammunition. I don't want to sound like you can just buy any 20 gauge with. Throw seven and a half shot in Let's not do that. Yeah, no. That's my story and learn from it. Don't just go out there with a factory choke and never have patterned your gun before and go shoot it. I mean, it was only 25, 30 yard shot, but I guarantee you that was the reason why I didn't get that bird that day. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that. 720s are improved cylinder and i mean none of my friends that i hunt with are going to believe that because whenever we shoot into a group and i claim my bird they usually know which one it was before i even you know say you know this one's mine and i walk out to go get it because it usually just i mean it plucks them i mean Uh they're like shooting a pillow and (laughs) i mean i it is the waterfowl choke I absolutely love. I use it on. I I shot a dove. You're not gonna believe this. I shot a dove sitting in a tree at 70 yards this year in September. And my buddy Nick Wilkie, he's been on the podcast before, uh-huh. but he was with me and it was sitting in a tree. And I was like, "You think the Indian Creek can get it?" <laughs> and I pulled up and I shot. And he's like, "There's no way." <laughs> I I myself like the 720 for waterfowl too. Now 
I am not going to shoot that turkey hunting like yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm... I would say uh, don't do it, but I mean I've been having success with it. <laughs> so hey, I'm not. You gonna... heard it from the expert, and you heard it from Travis. Right. Take it as you will. It doesn't. It isn't going to hurt. Now, def- but, definitely do not shoot waterfowl loads through it through our turkey choke. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be big time. Yeah, okay. yeah no bueno. Because uh, I whenever it's just too tight. Whenever I was uh, younger, I was like 15 or so. I uh, put some uh, tee shot through a full stock choke mm-hmm. no bueno <laughs> blew the barrel right off yeah so don't do that no you um, gotta be safe right and uh that's one thing well i mean one way i hunt a lot of dense timber and i hunt no. a lot of uh if i do field hunt i usually use a uh, turkey fan mm-hmm. so i mean most of my shots are usually within i don't know Anywhere from three steps up to 25, 30 yards. I don't like shooting birds over 30 yards, mm-hmm. um, which is why it works. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, yeah, if you um, hunt up close and personal, well, 10 we, yards. Well, then... so many different states. I mean, you know, you go out to Kansas and it's wide, wide open. And, I mean, you'll miss misjudge yardage so easy out there right i mean you think oh he's at 30 or 40 yards and he's actually at 55 you know but the good thing about you know again using a quality choke like ours and good ammunition if you do misjudge that yardage you're still going to kill him right because everything's capable of a good kill at that yardage right i might have to i might have to get a one of your tighter chokes for turkey, <laughs> just just to sounds mess like around. I may t- have to do that too, well, Travis. Well, listen, <laughs> I would highly recommend you'll de- demolish the geese. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I actually might buy another uh, uh, your tighter turkey choke just mm-hmm. to uh, just to mess around with it and see the difference. And you know, we we do make them in, um, several different sizes too in the twelve gauge. What you'll see out like. You know, it, the big, some of the bigger box stores that we sell to, like Bass Pro, Cabela's, Midway USA, and them, they usually have one size, and that's usually that 665, and uh, which probably 95% of the time, that's what everybody buys, and I, that's what I would recommend. I mean, it will shoot just about every, you know, turkey load that you want to shoot and shoot it very well but again like you were talking about patterning highly recommend (laughs) that you go out and pattern that gun with the exact shell you were going to use so that's all good advice and you mentioned that uh, you're you're heading out of state to go turkey hunting yep um where's your turkey tour taking you um hopefully Last year, we had like three or four states planned, and we didn't go anywhere because of COVID. Yeah. Um, I know some people that did, but we just we just did not do it last year. But um, in a month, we're heading to South Texas. Um, actually, a month exactly to the day we're leaving <laughs> next month. Heck uh, yeah. Rio's? Yep. Yeah. Um, 
so we'll start down there. Um, I usually always hunt Kentucky, um, might hunt Indiana this year, and uh, of course here in Missouri. Um, just love it around here. I mean, we got our, our numbers been down the last couple years, but um, been some good hatches. So hopefully in the next couple years, it'll be a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I love hunting out of state. I oh, just yeah. meet, and it's more of just meeting different people, seeing how they hunt, and just a different terrain. And, um, you know, it, it just just a whole different world out there than what I'm used to around oh, absolutely. here in these river hills. <laughs> La- last year I hunted over uh, in the Colorado mountains and uh, that is a different experience <laughs> and it's a lot more frustrating than it is back here. Um, yeah. Just cause the, I mean, there's a lot more uh, predators and they have a lot less food and there's a lot less birds. So um, getting on top of them can be rough cause they're quiet. Yeah. I, I've hunted Wyoming about three or four times uh, on the Solitude Ranch out there, uh, which he has a very good game management operation going on out there. So he has, you know, quite a few birds usually. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I might hunt Kansas too. It's just kind of up in the air yet. So, um Kansas I completely good. understand turkey season you know you you either get to a state and you tag out the first day or you tag right. out you know however long your stay is there the last day or you don't tag out at yeah, all so I didn't tag out at all yeah. last year <laughs> the I beauty, mean I did for Missouri birds but yeah. Yeah. the beauty of that you know some of them uh western states is they don't close till like the end of May so mm-hmm. you know our seasons are be closed around here and you can still, you know, it's not that far of a drive, um, out there. So. Right. We're heading to Nebraska, uh, sometime in May. All my family's been to Nebraska and killed Merriam's and I'm the only one in the family that hasn't. So it's my year. (laughs) It's your year, Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, I've hunted out there. That was probably one of the states that I seen the most birds in mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, we were out in the sand hills uh, just again just so different and neat country and, yeah uh, they it was just weird because they roost pretty well in the same trees every night and it was just so unusual because they'll do that a little bit around here but right not it seems like they're on about a four-day pattern <laughs> yeah just a rotation uh, rotation yeah and uh, looking well, for hens it, it does get different in in the spring when you know they're all crazy and right love, you know <laughs> and pressured yeah yeah have well you, yeah that's yeah. that's a big thing too have you hunted uh, any northern states wisconsin minnesota up there um no i have not um i've hunted out east i uh, hunted in Maine and uh, New Hampshire. That's I did, cool. Wow. I didn't kill in New Hampshire, but I killed two of them in Maine. Um, actually, uh, hunted down on, oh, and I'm going to forget the name, uh, the Army base down in, uh, on the line of 
Kentucky and Tennessee, Fort Campbell. Um, A friend of mine was stationed down there, and if you ever get the chance, there's 150,000 acres almost. Um, But you have to go through some stuff to be able to hunt on there. You got to go get your guns registered, you know, on the base. And then there's, there's a lot of paperwork type stuff. You just... There's a lot of rules because you're on an army base. Right. Yeah. Don't it. walk on the minefield. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no. and, but um, this, uh, my buddy actually took a, a young hunter and he, he was um, in the military and he hadn't hunted turkeys before. He had hunted before, but he hadn't hunted turkeys. And he took him out that year that we were down there. And he killed one that morning, and then we just kind of got to be friends. And the next year, we went back, and he went along hunting again. And then his four years were up, and he moved back home, which his home is in Maine. And he invited me up there to hunt. So um, I went up there, and again, just so totally different. Oh, yeah. I mean... um, just you know just the different people and every I, that's what probably i like the most about it too right. is just meeting different people and seeing how they hunt them and different every, culture yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know on that one we um it was only about an hour and a half drive from boston we i flew into boston and then he picked me up there at the airport, and we drove up. So he, yeah, he lives just right at the edge of Maine and New Hampshire. So we were able to hunt both states. But unfortunately, I didn't kill one and come really close. But I'd love to see that country. I've actually never been up northeast that far. Yeah, so. I really would too. Maine is uh, especially. They say it's even better in the fall, but I'd go in the spring. Yeah. I know it gets real red and orange up there, and um, also yeah. they have seafood, so I'd oh, be down yeah. for that. <laughs> we ate plenty of lobster up there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fine dining. Um, so before, uh, I, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but before we go, um, so what is, um, what? how exactly would you explain how your guys' choke works, um, okay. just the physics of it and all right. that? So when you, when you see our choke, you'll see the, the porting is elongated more. It's, you know, a lot of them have holes and different things, but the porting on ours is very important. What that does is so when that plastic wad cup is going through that choke tube, it still has all the pellets in there. And, you know, they have found out that if you separate that plastic wad cup from the shot the sooner you can do that once it leaves the barrel the better you can control that downrange pattern and it keeps that shot string shorter so you're hitting your target with more pellets at the same time at the same time so if you have a really there there is some differences in waterfowl hunting and turkey and some people say you might want to in waterfowl a longer shot string that way you have more chance but 
I'd I, rather I, hit them all with the same me too. bunch because me too. At even the if same you, time, right? If you hit them with a long string, the chances of sailing a bird go way up. So when you guys kind of seen the operation, how we cut them ports in there. So at the end of the port, it basically has a cutting edge on it. And if you ever shoot one of our choke tubes, go out and pick up that plastic wide cup. You will see them grooves cut in there from the choke tube. And what that does, it's just slightly gripping onto that plastic wide cup and slowing it down just enough to where you get separation from that shot and that wide cup within probably for sure within 24 inches after it leaves the barrel probably about 18 inches and then that's where the constriction comes in so of course with turkey you want that tighter pattern so you're going with a tighter constriction and you know you want you're just shooting at that turkey's head that's what you want to hit so um with that you know separating really fast you're you can control that downrange pattern so much better and then like you said you shoot to 720 it's a lot more open choke uh, for waterfowl then you know you you get a little bit on waterfowl you mostly go with a 30 inch circle at 40 yards that's what right. most people want to look at well you know how how even is my pattern in a 30 inch circle and um at 40 yards, you'll get almost every pellet in there with that. Yeah. So also, though. That's interesting. You, we have in, in the turkey chokes, if you look down uh, through one of our chokes, you will see like little steps in there. It's, um, they call them wad catchers. And what that is, is that when that plastic wad cup is sliding through there it's it's hitting on them they're they're very small but and it's it's slowing that wad down but each step is closing that and getting to that end constriction too so we you won't see that in our waterfowl chokes because in our testing we just it just didn't seem to improve it so we don't have them in that i don't know if it was from the bigger shot but all our testing showed that it it really didn't improve it that much so um that's kind of the basis of yeah that was how, great how that all works yeah i've learned a lot from you mike uh, i'm a deer hunter through and through and i'm getting into this this bird hunting that you guys are talking about and oh, it's i'm starting to enjoy myself <laughs> yeah no this is been a fantastic talk i've yeah, learned you need a bunch to, you need to get one gobbling right in your face at about 20 yards <laughs> Just, i'll never want to deer hunt again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, do. I, I love deer hunting too i i try and hunt everything i can right yeah same same i think we're all having the same struggle yeah. cool thing is uh well some people like it some people don't but waterfowl season got Knock back to November 7th, so uh, all of October is bow season. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, Travis, did you have anything else you wanted to ask him? Um, like no, I don't, I don't think so. 
we've covered a lot here tonight. I know. And I know it was it was all good, and yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Mike, inviting us to the shop. Yeah, I just would like to say that you know if anyone wants to get a hold of us, they could reach us. You know, just call in here to the shop. That number would be five seven three eight two four five 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 five. Or go to our website, which is IndianCreekSS.com. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely be uh, doing more more shopping now. Thanks, Travis. <laughs> yeah, they also have uh, uh, Instagram and a Facebook uh, right. profile. So follow them on there and uh, give them a like. Turkey Tour content. And yeah. there, too, um, you know, you said you bought your choke tube at a local shop uh, down south from us here. And... Um, we we have a lot of just what we call mom and pop type shops just local shops that that buy our choke tubes and um if if your local shop you know doesn't carry our choke tube encourage them to it's very simple uh we don't you know expect them to buy hundreds of choke tubes you know to get started or nothing like that so I've already got a couple in mind that maybe we'll check out and <laughs> yeah, see if yeah. they've got them. Yeah, I've got uh, some people I'm going to talk to whenever I get home. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, Indian Creek made here in Missouri. Right here in Missouri, in Frona, Missouri, which, could you find it? or did? You? Oh, yeah, we found it easily. <laughs> easily. Very what I really liked about it is when we got your phone number, it said 573. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're 573. Love it. For sure. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, no, down. we appreciate you guys. I know it was a little too. bit of a drive and oh, with all do this all snow and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'm finally we finally we got a time where we could get through the uh, through the ice age and, <laughs> yeah. and get here. Oh my gosh, the last two weeks been brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cold. But yeah, we've been going back and forth trying to get this done. I, I, we had about two others scheduled but yeah yeah for one reason or another we had to right yeah cancel, no but hey that's how it goes schedules. whenever you're making quality products yeah. right you know I mean? exactly it keeps you busy well thanks again mike and i uh, appreciate you coming on hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we'll see you on the next one